Hello, Chair. Again, we're going to talk about islands. In fact, this time we're going to talk about the Skelligs. Now, the first time I heard mention of the Skelligs was many years ago when I was watching a BBC television series called Civilization, which was presented by Kenneth Clark, the author of the book by the same name, Civilization. He said, and I quote, It is hard to believe that for quite a long time, almost 100 years, Western Christianity survived by clinging on to places like Skellig Michael, a pinnacle of rock 18 miles from the Irish coast. Now, if you've ever seen a picture of Skellig Michael, I'm sure you've wondered how on earth was it possible to build on what is, in fact, a sheer pyramid-like mountain. However, the monks of St. Fianan saw it as an ideal place for a monastery where monks could live a quiet and secluded life away from the noise and distractions of the world. They managed to build a stone causeway of 670 steps leading up to the top of the island, 600 feet above sea level. And there they erected a monastery complete with chapel, graveyard, with a stone cross and a vegetable garden using stone walls to protect the plants and vegetables from the strong winds. They built beehive-shaped stone huts, which were round on the outside but square on the inside, thus protecting them from the rain. Each morning, they would walk down the 670 steps to catch fish for their breakfast and then walk 670 steps up again. They would then spend the rest of their time praying and studying. They spent long hours copying those beautiful manuscripts would otherwise have been lost to civilization. The fact is that after the fall of the Roman Empire, whole libraries of books and manuscripts were burnt and destroyed all over Europe. And so we owe a debt of gratitude to those monks on Skellig Michael for copying and thus preserving those manuscripts on that remote island. The very first mention of the Skelligs comes in those ancient chronicles called the Irish Annals, where they tell of a shipwreck which had taken place in 1400 BC. So we're talking about three and a half thousand years ago. This event is connected to a story of Irish mythology concerning the Tuatha de Danann, the supernatural magic tribe. It is recorded that they were responsible for the shipwreck and for the drowning of Ir who was the son of King Mill of Spain. There is an ancient legend which says it was the Milesians from Spain who later conquered the Tuatha de Danann and had then colonised Ireland. The annals tell us that it was Ir who was buried on Skellig Michael. The Skelligs are mentioned in a few other places in the annals. Apparently, Daradon stayed on the Skelligs around 200 AD before attacking Fionnmacool. Now, it's always difficult to put an exact date on early historical events, but there are texts from the 8th and 9th centuries which mention the death of a monk called Sweeney of Skellig. Who knows? He might have been a relative of yours, Jer. Incidentally, not surprisingly, the word Skellig means cliff. In another text from the 8th or 9th century, Dua king of Westminster, is reported to have fled to Skellig as a result of a feud with the kings of Cashel in or around the 5th century. 
The Skelligs are also mentioned in Lore Gaula Erin and Cachfintra, as well as the medieval martyrology of Talacht. We know that the island must have been dedicated to St. Michael, the Archangel, sometime before 1044 AD, because in that year the death of a monk was recorded as being I of Skellig Vickel, meaning meaning that the island must have already been given the name Skellig Michael. It's also likely that the dedication to St. Michael was celebrated by building St. Michael's Church in the monastery. There's no doubt that the harsh weather conditions and the austere penitential life on the Skelligs was meritorious. But by the end of the 13th century, the monks had left the island to go to Balan Skelligs on the mainland. However, Skellig Michael continued to be a place of pilgrimage until well into the 18th century. The Skellig Islands actually appear in Portoland charts of the Spanish Armada in 1588. The island was then owned by the Butler family, but approximately 300 years later, it was taken over by the Commissioners of Irish Lights, who erected two lighthouses. And some years later, in 1880, the Office of Public Works took over the maintenance of the monastic remains. In 1989, the Irish government bought the island, but not the lighthouses. I would love to say I had actually visited the island, but I'm afraid I suffer from vertigo and could not possibly go up 670 steps with strong winds blowing, or for that matter, even to cross a choppy sea by boat as I get travel sick. I was happy enough to look out at the islands from Port Magee on the mainland and imagine the hardships of those courageous monks who had saved Christianity. The island attracts many visitors who are hardy enough to cross over by boat. They are not only interested in seeing the monastic settlement, but are also interested in seeing one of the most important seabird sites in Ireland. There's a great variety of seabirds, especially puffins and gannets. In fact, every year, Atlantic puffins, also known as Fraterculi Artica, fly from Canada all the way across the Atlantic Ocean to breed on Skellig Michael. Just think of it. Eh, that's some journey. Not surprising, in 1996, Skellig Michael was named a UNESCO World Heritage Site. But what has really put Skelligs on the map and what has caused a big increase in the number of visitors to Skellig Michael is the seventh Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens. The final part of the movie was filmed on Skellig Michael. It was where Luke Skywalker had gone to hide and where Rey came on a mission to find him in the fulcrum. The Skelligs also feature again in the eighth Star Wars film, where Rey trains with Luke to become a Jedi in the film called The Last Jedi. Well, there's no doubt that the numbers of Star Wars fans has greatly increased the demand to travel to Skellig Michael, and these visitors have brought a lot of prosperity to the area. However, the local authorities are wise to take care to restrict the number of visitors in order to maintain the beauty and uniqueness of those impressive islands where Christianity was preserved after the fall of the Roman Empire.